Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket and uh, a rather interrupted day again at the Aegeus Bowl, the second day of the second Test match. It's been a summer actually, weirdly dogged by rain at all the most uh, inopportune moments as far as cricket is concerned. Anyway, I remember actually when the uh, it was the first day of cricket uh, after lockdown, uh, the first day of the, of the Test series that is, and uh, it was rained virtually the whole day, wasn't it? So a classic... Uh, English summer in some weird way, although 38 degrees as well. So it's been one of those slightly erratic experiences. But actually, uh, in fact, a good day for Pakistan today in the interrupted periods of play, completely against the run of play. Yeah, I mean, good bowling conditions all day. When Pakistan won the toss yesterday and decided to bat, they were were banking on the dryness of the pitch, helping them in the the fourth innings. But it's been really tricky batting conditions for the two days, I say two days, the 86 overs we've had over two days. The ball has nipped around, there's been a bit of bounce. England haven't used a spin bowler, they've had bowled 86 overs of pace and it's been a real struggle for Pakistan. I thought Mohamed Rizwan batted superbly to be 60 not out, really fine innings and just shows what you can do in the conditions. And there was actually a moment before they came off a bad light where he creamed Stuart Broad through the covers gloriously for four. And then, of course, soon after, they came off a bad light. I mean, we don't want to crack on about bad light anymore. Uh, We've talked a lot (laughs) about it in a way. Um, But it is so frustrating. And it seems to me the game of cricket needs to sort the problem out. Otherwise, it's going to shoot itself in the foot, all those cliches. It is undermining the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can put a man on the moon. You can video your friend at the other side of the world instantaneously. Uh, oh, my God, so many things you can do, but you can't play cricket when the light fades a little bit. We can't find a pink ball that works. So, yeah, it is a, a, a tedious story. And hopefully someone will come up with the answer. But we'll just reflect on, on the day's play in a minute. But just to say also, uh, Australia uh, was announced today as the tourists in early September for three one-day internationals and three T20s. 
Aussies. You may have seen that announcement and also the announcement of the Australian squad, uh, including Steve Smith, of course. And I mentioned yesterday's uh, on yesterday's show that I, we had an, an exclusive interview with Steve Smith. We're going to play a little bit of that exclusive interview later in this podcast and just reflect on that Australian squad. But just back to the, the mundanity of today, and it actually wasn't mundane. And I'll tell you one thing I thought was quite interesting, that a lot of people were speculating when bowlers weren't allowed to put saliva on the ball during this summer of test cricket, and obviously cricket generally, uh, the balls wouldn't swing. Today, they swung so much that, well, for a start, Josh Butler couldn't lay a glove on it, a few of them, never mind the batsmen. Yeah, a difficult summer for keepers in general, Think of West Indies keeper Dara Rich had a really tough time of it, and Butler as well has had a hard time of it. And the, one of the things that was happening is the ball was sort of swinging prodigiously after it had gone past the bat. So not an easy day for Josh Butler. You know was, that's called ABS, don't you? Go on. It's which used to be well, it used to be the uh, ABS used to be something you got on cars, didn't it, mm. to do with braking? But now ABS means after bat swing. And and it is a weak keeper's nightmare, which I don't really think happens in any other country. I mean, I've never really seen it in, say, New Zealand or South Africa or somewhere like that, where you'd expect you might get some some overcast humidity and and therefore the ball might swing a lot more. But it doesn't seem to swing and wobble in quite the same way after it's passed the bat as it does in England. And I'm sure that a lot of wicketkeepers around the country listening to this will know the experience and will look at their fingers, their damaged fingers, and think, well, that's the reason. Yeah, quite a few went a long way after the ball went past the bat. So not not an easy day for Josh Butler. And he did drop one catch as well. He's one of those that, as a wicketkeeper, you'd hope to catch it. If if you do catch it, it was off Mohamed Rizwan, a, a, a short ball. He went to pull it, got a little top edge. He's one of those that... If you're commentating, you say, oh, fine catch. If you drop it, you think, oh, I wonder whether you know he, he could have got there. It was one of those indeterminate ones, really. It would have been a good catch, but I think the form Josh Butler's in, you know, he, it's one of those he'd love to cling on to just to really mm. boost his confidence. You know, he took the straightforward ones, a couple of straightforward ones today, but you want mm. a, you know, a, a, a beauty, really, just to, to lift your confidence after the time he, he's had behind the stumps. But, it, you know, it went down. And Rizwan I, I did there. a little, um, yeah, and Rizwan is, is still there. I, I did a little event last night, actually, with Alex Stewart, a private event, and I talked to him a bit about Joss Butler, and, you know, he said he's done a bit of work with him as well. And, in fact, we, we pulled up a couple of shots of his keeping during this test match, and we both agreed that he does get into some slightly funny positions. And, you know, this isn't the, the, the medium, really, to discuss wicket-keeping, but it's one of those arts which isn't very often understood and obviously the likes of Jack Russell and, and Alex Stewart do understand it. And, uh, you know, he, he does get some uh, his feet into slightly odd positions. In fact, there was a take that I shot yesterday, a screen grab yesterday, where he was going across towards the slips to take a ball outside off stump from the right-hander. And he his feet got crossed over, so his left foot was pointing towards slip and his right foot was sort of behind uh, so that his chest was facing sort of square cover or gully. And I, I don't feel, and I remember watching Matt Pryor uh, doing a lot of workouts in his test career and having these rubber bands like a, a bungee round his knees, doing lots of shifting from side to side 
putting pressure on his calves and his hamstrings and his thighs to to build them up so that you can shift easily from side to side, sort of sidestepping, to get to balls which do swing late like that. And I just wonder, interestingly, Alex Stewart said that although Butler is an incredible athlete and, you know, we're, we're certainly not saying that he's a bad keeper at all, he has quite heavy feet yeah. and sometimes he doesn't get into into the greatest of positions. But actually, funnily enough today, I thought he did pretty well. The ball was zipping and zagging around in horrible ways and dipping and, and climbing. God, the, the number of different heights he took the ball, never mind directions, uh, it was a tough day. And I thought actually, he, apart from one four buys, I think he, he hardly let anything through. So he actually did pretty well. Yeah, he took a couple of catches as well to get rid of uh, Barber Azam and Yassir Shah. They were they were the regulation ones. Barber, I thought, played really skillfully and then got a, a fine delivery from Stuart Broad. And that is the nature of this pitch, actually. You can be a high-class player, but you get a really good one and it's all over, which actually shows how well uh, Mohamed Rizwan played. I thought England's tactics again... You know, this thing it happens so often. You know this, this, this thing about just before mm. lunch, you give the off spinner an over or the left arm spinner an over. And then you get down to eight wickets down. There's a player who's reasonably well established at one end. And then you put the field back. And, and what it does, it has that psychological effect. You, you're not in a way you're not tr- trying to get the batsman out. And so you, the batsman doesn't feel the pressure in the same way. And you can play with a bit more freedom. And it, and it happens so often. And I'm not being wise after the event because I actually said it at the time. I, you know, I hope they try to get Mohammed Rizwan out and don't just put the field back but he hit one sh- one shot he charged Wokes hit him for four and then the, of course after that the the field went back and he, you know he's still there so and, and Pakistan have made you know a, a little bit of progress today they're not in a great position in the game but they have got something on the board to defend so it's, it's an interesting one that you know what, what you do as a captain when you get mm. eight down do you put the field back do you keep it up okay you might concede a few boundaries you might do, but in hitting over the top, you might miss cue. And actually, there was one where Rizwan actually England took the new ball as well. That's the other thing. And they had two, I think, two slips in, no gully, and there was one off the glove of Rizwan that would have looped to a gully fielder. You know, so it is frustrating. You've got the new ball. Why not try to get both batsmen out? And especially, yeah. especially play. You know, he's well. He's, he's a, a number seven. He's a good number seven. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But I remember England doing it to Steve Smith at Edgbaston last year, where basically they they stopped trying to get him out at one end in the first test. First innings, of the first test. You know, he got a big hundred. They set the field back, and actually Australia got a, you know a decent first inning score in the end. And uh, you know there are there are two ways to do it, and captains often go to that push the field back and, and sort of wait patiently for to get the the lesser batsman on strike and hopefully uh, them make a mistake. But you get what you have is that frustration where the lesser batsman often gets a single at the start of the over if you do get them on strike, or you know the, the established batsman gets a single off the last ball, you know, quick dab into the offside and they run through for a single. So. You know, it's that sort of frustration. You weigh it up as a captain, but I've seen it works. You know, not work so many times. I just wonder whether it's it's better to be a bit braver. Yeah, uh, undoubtedly. De- bowlers lose their focus as well. Mm. Uh, you know, bowling sort of four balls to the guy with the men back. You don't bowl with quite the same venom. Uh, you're sort of saving yourself for those two balls against the lower order player. And th- you know, the field aren't fielders aren't quite as keyed up either. I think you just lose your intensity mm. yeah. as a team. You should be, ca- and then often you, you try and bowl the good ball against the tail ender, and because you've sort of relaxed a bit, you then try a bit too hard against the tail ender, and uh, things go a little bit wrong, a little bit awry. So. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It almost sort of regard, and, and you know, these guys practice now as well. The, the tail enders are not as bad, although actually Pakistan have got a couple of you know number elevens. But you know, most tail enders actually can hold a bat now and manipulate the ball a little bit anyway. So you might as well bowl your best ball to both batsmen mm. as much as possible. Yeah, especially with the new ball as well. I mean, they had the new ball. You know, why not try to to utilise, especially on a pitch where you know you can get a, an established batsman out, as Broad did with Barbara Zam. Uh, we should note as well uh, the second run out of the series and the second run out from Dominic Sibley. Uh, England were missing the stumps regularly at Old Trafford, and Sibley <laughs> produced a run out to get rid of Assad Shafiq, which actually was a really significant moment in that game because Shafiq was batting well. And it, it opened the way to that lower order of Pakistan, and England were able to to roll them over quickly enough, and, and you know eventually, obviously, they went and, and won the game. But Pakistan could have had an insurmountable lead. Uh, today, Shaheen Shah Freedy at the non-striker's end uh, came too far down, and, and Sibley ran him out from sort of the, the gully backward point region with a ball that just flicked off the the bail at the non-striker's end. So um, You know, labouring fast bowlers hate those kind of run-outs because you think a number 10, he's yeah. mine, <laughs> and you've been bowling a lot of overs against the top order and, and going past the bat and not getting wickets. And then you think, well, at least when I get down to the tail, they won't lay a bat on it. I'll be able to knock them over quickly. And suddenly they, they run out. That's one of my wickets, a fast bowler will yeah. say, when you run a number 10 out. So although uh, England obviously enjoyed it because any wicket's a good wicket, at the same time, the bowlers are becoming cursing actually and, and also Yoz the other point about that is just before that Sam Curran found the outside edge and the ball went low to root at first slip and you know it, it was it out was it not out and they had to go to the technology so Sam Curran will feel perhaps a, a little <laughs> bit cheated by that that he, you know it wasn't his wicket anyway England took the wicket through the run out and um, you know on, on we go and, and Pakistan are, are nine down at the close of play, uh, can we get a result in this game? Uh, yes, I mean, as long I mean, the weather needs to improve, obviously, but we've only had 86 overs in in two days. Uh, you could see a scenario where England try to sort of bat once, Pakistan all out for what they've got at the moment. England perhaps push beyond 300 if they possibly can, and then put pressure on Pakistan in the third innings of the match. That's that's one scenario. Uh, but you know, the weather needs to play ball. It's not impossible that we could get a positive result in the game and you know with this pitch doing a bit for the bowlers you know you feel the bowlers are always in it so you know we could have a, a clatter of wickets okay well as i said earlier the australians announced their squad today for the three one day internationals and t20s to be played in early september both at the Emirates, Old Trafford and some at the Aegeus as well. So that's exciting. And always, you know, the rivalry between England and Australia stirs up some old memories and some some good duels. The Aussie squad is quite an interesting one, actually. There's some good new young players that are coming out this time that probably a lot of English audience won't have seen before. The likes of Ryan Meredith, a fast bowler, very aggressive very good at reverse swings, really bowls full, uh, bowls an absolutely brilliant slower ball as well. He's an exciting cricketer who's had a few injuries, but certainly brings the big bash to light. And so does Josh Philippe as well, who's a young wicketkeeper and opening batsman for the Perth Scorchers, uh, plays it at the Wacker and takes on the short bowling and is a, is a very aggressive player. And, and actually a very enterprising player too. He's he's quite exciting. So those two actually particularly worth looking out for. Danny Sams is a left-arm 
uh, an opening bowler and, and a big hitter as well. And, of course, the usual names, the Mitchell Starks and Aaron Finch. And, of course, Steve Smith. Steve Smith uh, is back just uh, uh, under a year after his incredibly dominant summer here in 2019. And I got the chance to interview him a couple of weeks ago. And an exclusive interview for the Cricketer magazine. It's out now. You can subscribe to it if you go to www.thecricketer.com and there's a special offer there, actually, of the Cricketer for the next four-month issues. Uh, big five-page interview with Steve Smith. Lots of quite interesting thoughts. And we just thought we'd play you a little short extract of his interview today. Uh, and he talks rather ominously about the things he's been doing during lockdown, particularly running. Oh, it's been very different, uh, that's for sure. Um, I picked up a bat once about, I think it was about... About a month ago, I had my first sort of hit back and uh, hit him well. And then I thought, geez, it might be a bit too early to get back into it. So I put it back on the on the back burner for a bit and I'll probably start again next week. But it, um, it's it been, yeah, very different. Obviously, the world's incredibly different at the moment. Obviously, we just saw the test match um, or the first two tests with no crowds over in England and um, some good cricket played. But... Yeah, incredibly different. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been kind of good in a way, just to to have a little bit of a break and um, freshen up again mentally and and uh, you know get some good physical work in. Um, probably as fit as I've ever been at the moment and as strong as I've ever been. So from that point of view, it's been good. But yeah, I'm I'm ready to get back into it now. That's for sure. Did I see you'd done a half marathon or something? I've done two of them, yeah. It's uh, certainly something I never thought I'd do, but, um, yeah, with a bit of time on our hands, particularly early on in the, um, the lockdown, I guess all you could sort of do outside was exercise. So, yeah, just started running and kept on running and got further and further and, yeah, completed a half marathon twice. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. There's a rumour about uh, your guitar playing. Is there some story that you're, you're, you're making a song or something? Uh, I don't know. I have been playing a little bit and getting a bit better, but, yeah, I don't know if there's any songs coming out anytime soon. <laughs> Talking of sort of, you know, how you keep in shape and, and keep practising, I, I, I've got this uh, shot of you somewhere. There was a shot you posted in on Instagram, I think, of uh, this one here. Is that, is that in your garage, sort of downstairs, uh, hitting the ball against the wall? Yeah, it was. I get lots of requests on Instagram to, you know, give some hints and tips and different drills and things. And I just remember that was something that I used to do all the time as a kid, just, you know, watching the ball closely onto the bat, hitting it against a wall and just doing that for, for hours on end. So I thought, why not share it? And you know, while, while people are stuck indoors, if they've got the space and are able to do it, you know, all you need is a cricket bat and a, and a tennis ball and you're, you're good to go. So, um, yeah, plenty of um, comments on it and plenty of people trying it out, which has been good. So hopefully they're helping out their hand-eye coordinations while they're, I guess, not out, able to go out and do, do what they'd like to be doing outside. OK, so Steve Smith certainly has been working hard in his home-built gym and around the streets of Sydney to get into even better shape for his job making runs. Uh, he's pretty good at it, isn't he? Uh, maybe he's going to be even better, although it's hard to imagine how. Anyway, as I say, the longer version of that interview will play next week on this podcast. And in the meantime, you can read the interview with him in The Cricketer magazine, which is out now. 
Okay, we'll hope for better weather at the Aegeus Bowl tomorrow. In the meantime, have a good evening and thanks for listening. Podcast Network.